So we're going to talk about promises, favor, and destiny today. I love that song. God said, like, sometimes we're just waiting for that promise that we don't see it in front of us, but we know it's true. So I thought I'd do a little research, and there are 5,467 promises that God gave us in his word. Okay, so that's a lot. Just a few things, you know. That's like more than one a day for years. So, and God's promises are irrevocable. He doesn't say, well, I promised that, but I decided, you know, I don't want to do that now. He didn't do that to Abraham. He's like, hey, guess what? You know, you're going to have, be the father of many nations. You're going to have kids, you know, and then he said, oh, take Isaac up and sacrifice him. You know, that looked like his promise wasn't going to come to pass. Like, but Abraham's like, well, whatever you got to do, God, because your promises, you don't take those back from us. We go out and get them, we listen to you, and you know what, they come to pass. And we, all, we know that there was the sheep in the bushes, and he said, no, stop, you know, don't sacrifice your song. I just want to see if you are willing to walk out the promise I'd put in your heart. So, because God is trustworthy, he's unchanging, he is powerful, he is full of goodness, he's full of glory, and he is always ready to give gifts to his children. But sometimes his promises, when I start reading the Bible, I'm thinking, his, his promises can look bizarre. They can look implausible. They can look crazy. You know, my name's Sarah, so I like, I like to talk about Abraham and Sarah. And I'm thinking, if the Lord came to my husband and said, oh, your wife's going to have a baby and you're 80. I don't know if I'd have a husband anymore if he told me that. Be like, I don't think you're hearing from the Lord. I am 80 years old. I am retired. I am ready to just be a grand, you know, take care of everyone else's kids in the community, be a grandma, make cookies, okay? You, that can't be from the Lord. I don't know how, how that would be like, oh, it's a promise of God. I don't know if I'd be that excited. I'd be like, have you seen this body? I don't know if this is going to carry a baby for nine months. That's a lot of knitting together, God, that you got to do in the womb, you know? At 80 years old. I don't know if that would be like, oh my gosh, it's such, oh, I can't wait for this promise to come forth. Okay? So sometimes the promise is that looks a little crazy. Um, but if we desire the favor of God in our lives, we should consider um, what these promises might look like. You know, we like the promises where God's like, I'm going to supply all your needs. I'm going to promise that you're going to, you know, be whole and healthy. I promise you long life. Those are great, right? We like those, you know, because they look really good on the outside. But we need to consider what do some of those promises mean? You know, Paul said, you know, I had joy in lack and in plenty. That was the promise that he would have joy. Okay, do I want to have joy over here? I like having joy over here because it's all about the money. You know, whatever. If I got all that, I definitely can have some joy, right? Sorry, I have children, and you guys, if you're around me long enough, you know that I sing everything, which my husband, he had to go check on our daughter. She woke up sick, but she's going to be good. She's going to be home healthy. She's resting, but he knows, so God just loves him so much, and he, I sing to him about everything. Like, if he just says a word, I got a song to go with it, you know, and, and he loves it, you know, and so he's like, oh, I just, he's like, when I get to work, I don't have, you know, anybody that does that and it's so nice that I can say words and I can say stop and no one says collaborate listen in the name of love anything like I can just say that and he's like at home I can't because now I've got my kids doing it so God sent this man and he comes home one day and he said Sarah you're not gonna believe what God did to me 
And I said, what? He said, this is like the male version of, version of you. Everything I say, he sings. So I go to work and people are singing to me. I go home, people are singing to me. Uh, so, you know, it's just, that was just a little nugget for you guys. So, um, but we need to look at the promises and favors are not always this cash or promotion in our life. Like, oh, you're going to be going to the next level, the next thing. You know, it's going to just keep going up. You know, I look at the promise that God gave Joseph. He ended up in a pit in a prison on his way to that promise. So it's not always like, yes, I'm in the palace. God, the promises are, don't always look like that. So let me talk about Mary. I know that this is Palm Sunday, you know, where we talk about Jesus coming in as a king, but there had to be something in place. Someone had to stand and move forward in that promise for him to be able to come in as our king. So I'm going to talk about his mom, Mary. I really like her. I cannot wait to have it. I'm going to be like, you are amazing. You know, in Luke, um, in Luke, the first chapter, it said, the angel came to her and he said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. That's pretty good if an angel says you're favored. Like, hey, God says you're favored. Ooh, that's, I must be doing something right. That's how I would feel, you know, like, God sent an angel to tell me that I'm favored. So I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And you move down and it says, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Okay, so that might be scary if you see an angel. You know, you're, she's a teenager. All of a sudden, angel's like, you're favor with the Lord. You're like, that's good to know, you know. Um, so he found favor. That's good. We want to have favor. We think of favor like, you know what, when there's one piece of cake, like I end up with it, you know, I got, I didn't do anything. And all of a sudden I get this raise at work and, you know, like everything I do, you know, I get stopped by a cop and I never get a ticket. That is literally the favor the Lord has that on me. Cause I'll even tell them I was speeding and I ran a stop side and, you know, I did not use my blinker. He's like, I don't know why. I just want to let you go. That's kind of my life. That's the way God works with me a lot. He just like lets me get away with things. I try to take responsibility, but, you know, so I'm thinking that's favor. Like, you know, I just wasn't paying attention and this happened. So we like that kind of favor. That feels good. So Mary found favor in God's eyes. God chose her to be pregnant and give birth to the Messiah. Okay. Um, God gave that promise to Mary that she would have a baby and he'd be born in a manger and that he would basically be the savior of all humanity. I don't know if I'd really like that favor. You know what that favor brought? Gossip, disapproval from the community. I mean, Joseph, he was going to sneak away and be like, don't tell anybody I'm sneaking out of this girl. She's got something crazy going on here. You know, she's telling me all this stuff, you know, and God had to actually intervene. He had to send an angel and say, hey, Joseph, wake up. Mary's not a liar. She is not crazy, I promise you. God found favor with her. He's going to do something awesome and amazing. She's going to bring for, forth a world changer, okay? So just calm down, go get her, put on a donkey, and let's go, okay? So he's like, okay, I saw an angel too, so I got to agree with Mary. So he does this. So the, the truth, though, is sometimes our friends, our family, or our community, they don't understand the destiny God put in us. When everyone looked at Mary, they're thinking, mm, we need to get on that show, you know, teen pregnancy, teen mom, whatever, you know, like we see where you are. Um, saw, I saw her that day at the well and she had one ankle show and I knew that what was going to happen there, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
But the truth is, sometimes our friends, our family, and even people in our community, they don't understand the destiny God's put in you. So like, you know, it looks, it can look crazy or bizarre, the things that God may be asking you, or the desires in your heart that you're going for. It's, it, they may not understand. Because it can, because saying yes to the promises can be costly. That cost Mary her reputation. You know, her life changed from that. It was never going back. She could never undo that, you know. And in reality, she probably spent years of people judging, you know, and talking about her and not believing her. Um, and so she had that all the time after that. So, yay, promises bring me, you know, all this pain. Thanks, God, you know because it can be costly. The Lord still looks for those who will pay that cost to carry his promises to fruitation. He wants them to come to full fruitation, you know, and to bear fruit. So I just think about this angel just coming to me. Mary, you're just so awesome. Your heart is so pure. God found favor in you. It is your lucky day. It's your lucky day, Mary. So good. (laughs) You know, and you found favor in God's eyes. And here's what he's going to do. You're going to be a teen mom. Nobody's going to believe you. And the guy who was going to marry you, he doesn't even believe you. He's trying to sneak out right now, but don't worry, don't worry. My buddy's over there making sure he gets this, okay? So, you know, it'd be like a lot to handle. I don't, Mary was definitely mature for her age when I read what she says, you know, because I'm thinking I would have been just bawling. How many of you guys have just been crying, like, I'm going to hide in a hole, I got to change my name, I got to run away, my reputation is ruined, you know what I mean? Like, I got, I don't know if I would have been able to respond, you know, because being pregnant comes with great weight, like, yeah, for real, like, those women we know, comes with great weight, it, that on you, um, discomfort, inconveniences, you know, if you're a mom, you know, you love that baby, but when you're carrying that after a while, you're like, whatever, my way or the highway. If I want chocolate, you will give it to me. If I want to sit down, you will pick me up at the door. And don't laugh when your wife falls downstairs when she's pregnant. Oh, Matt's not even here for that. It was good. I didn't run him over at the car. Just, um, tried, but I got my belly stuck between the wheel and the... Good times. So... But when you're pregnant with promises, what will you do when that strain starts to happen, when it starts to get heavy, when you can't see the end or the completion? You know, Mary had nine months, and then she had a baby, you know, and then she had to wait how, you know, before Jesus went to the cross, it was 33 years, you know, and then nobody believed him, and then it took time, you know, and then it was continual, even to this day, what she did is still... There are still people who don't know Jesus. You know, she gave her life and her son and said, you know, this is for God, I submit to you. And there's still people who don't accept that gift. I mean, if my child had to go through pain, you better make sure whatever they had to do for that, you're, you're going to receive. You know, because that's my baby, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going through pain unless there's a reason for it. But see, Mary did this. You know, when we can't see that completion in sight or we're thinking, there is no way I'm getting from here to here. I'm looking at the stuff in between and there's a lot of mountains, a lot of valleys, and it's like blizzard and snow. It just, there's a lot to go through to get from point A to point B. 
You know, but Mary could have said no. God, we're not his robots. He doesn't make us do anything. She could have said, um, thanks, love that I got to meet you, but uh, could you, there's a girl three doors down. She might do better with this. Go there. No, she didn't. She could have said no, though. She could have said, no, thanks, I'm good, you know, but she chose to carry this promise out, and she, she took that and said, I'm going to carry this all the way through. You know, I believe what you said, and it's good. I don't know if I would have felt that was good if I was by myself, and now I'm pregnant, and I got to take, you know, I got to take the care of this baby. Um, I'm going to go back to Luke, and it said, Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. So she, she didn't even really think about it. She's like, all right, I'm your servant. You know, whatever you say, let it be done according to your word. And it didn't say she was crying and freaking out and running around and hiding under the blankets and wouldn't get out of bed for three days. She just said, okay, not sure if I understand it, but I'm your servant. Whatever you say, I'm going to do. She yielded to what God said would happen. We sometimes abort that promise God has for us because we get excited. We say, yes, hey, do you want to be a world changer? Yes! You know what that means? Well, I'm going to have you do this, this, and this. You might end up in prison. You probably end up broke at some times. People are not going to like you. When you carry my presence, people that aren't in my presence, they're really not going to like you. You'll be all nice to them, say hi, and they're going to be like, they just don't like you. Okay? So at first, like, yeah, I want to change the world. God, yes. And we start off with this yes, like, your promise is you're going to do this and this and this. And God's like, yeah, and there's some valleys and mountains between there. But you're not listening because you're like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I got it. God's going to bless me. I'm going to have all these promises. His promises are yes and amen. And that's how we start off, right? Like, you know, it's kind of like I had a whole bottle of pop and a candy bar and I got energy, okay? But what happens when you use sugar as energy? You're like, ah, you know what I mean? It's kind of, so that's when we get excited. We're like, yes, I'm a world changer. But then, then you start having the weight of things. There starts becoming a little um, adversity, you know. People don't, maybe things are not going so well. There's a little uh, um, push back, you know, or it's waiting. It seems like it's taking forever. And you're thinking, when, God, when, God, you told me, when, when, when? Well, you must, not, you must have been a lie. Oh, that must not have been true. That word someone gave me, oh, well, it never came to best. They were a lie. You know what, God, you said you'd do this, and you haven't, and where are you, blah, blah, blah. Becomes, you know, get, we get uncomfortable. It's inconvenience. Well, God, I know you said that you want me to, you know, go and minister in another country, but, you know, I just... Uh, you know, like, if it's, like, somewhere cold, could we just switch that? Could you just call me somewhere else? You know? We start thinking, that's kind of an inconvenience. You know, I kind of, I, this looks better tan. I know you know that already, God, because you created this, but can we just, you know, I know there's people in Hawaii that need to know Jesus still. You know, I don't want to go to Siberia. <laughs> you know, I'm you know, so then we begin to abort the promise of God and think, well, that must not have been what he said. And then we're wondering, well, God, why isn't life working out for me? Ooh. I know I cry ugly. You guys just see me cry. It's okay to cry ugly. So I'm going to tell you a little about Moses, okay? So 
He went into the what? He, he led his people in. To, he didn't go in, but to what? The promised land is promise, is a promise, okay? So way back. So, you know, he was basically saved. They killed all the babies, and God totally just put him in a basket, and then he ended up, he didn't have to live in slavery. He got to live in the palace as royalty, okay? So he had a pretty cushy life. I mean, back then, there was a huge difference. There was no middle class. You were here, or you were like way over there. There was, you know, royalty, and you ate after the pigs. I mean, it was pretty, you were slaves. You didn't have, you didn't make money. You didn't have rights. You know, Egypt, they owned, the Pharaoh owned all of the Israelites. So um, Moses, God, you know, starts, that weight starts coming, and that promise starts coming back. Because God made that promise long ago that he would lead them out of, out of slavery. So then that weight starts falling on Moses. He ends up becoming a murderer. And then he flees. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. You know, runs into the desert and he's thinking, oh, at least here no one can find me. But God found him. God's really good at hide and seek. You're never going to win. So don't be running. Don't, you can't run faster than him. You can't hide better than him. So God, he found him. And so you know, Moses, they go through all the stuff, and God's like, I want you, you know, I know you don't speak very well, but just go tell that guy who was really powerful that, you know, killed everybody, just tell him to let him go. Just let him go. That's all you want me to say? Yeah, just, just walk in there, just walk right in there and say, all your workers that you used to build this awesome, you know, beautiful kingdom, just let them go, okay? Just, cool, see you tomorrow, okay? So, so Moses does that, and, you know, of course, Pharaoh, you know, he didn't go, oh, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Love it when we brainstorm. He did not respond that way. You know, so he had to go back, and all of these plagues and all of this stuff happened. So then finally they go, and they see all these signs and miracles. You know, the ocean <laughs> opens up. You know, oh, it's hot. Here's a cloud. You know, oh, it's cold. Here's a pillar of fire. You know, to, so they saw a lot of miracles, a lot of signs. They got to see that. They get to the desert, and... It's hot. Ugh. Bread again? Ugh, I'm so sick of bread, you know. Oh, Moses, what did you do to us? How? Did, gosh, why'd you bring us here? And, you know, they start complaining about that. And Moses, he, he looked at them and he could have said, you know what, you're right, I'm so sorry. Like, this definitely... I missed it somewhere. I really wasn't listening to God. Or maybe I'm being punished because of what I did in my... Whatever, but I'm sorry. I led you out into this desert. You guys should seriously go back because, you know, I know here it's hot. You know, that promised land is over there, but I've seen, you know, the giants are in there and we're not going to get there. God told me, but I just don't think this is working out. No, he didn't say that. In Exodus um, 33, I'm going to start in 12 if anyone likes it. It says, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So this is most talking to God. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. 
Moses got it. He understood. Even though they'd been in the desert a while, okay? I don't know how long I'd want to stay in the desert. I'd be like, okay, God, this is getting a little drawn out here. I don't know if you know, but we're kind of ready. Like some honey, you know, something sweet, you know. I got all these ladies and they, they're done with the manna and it's really hard to, you know, dust all the sand out of the house, out of the tents. We live in the desert, you know. It's getting frustrating, but he didn't. What Moses knew, he knew dwelling in God's presence above all else was the only way to fulfill God's given destiny for him. He had to stay in the presence of God. The keys to our calling are released when we spend time in his presence. That's why it's important to spend time with God. Moses is in here and the people did not like him. They were mad at him. They wanted to overthrow him and a lot of crazy things happened. They're, you know, they're complaining, let us go back to slavery, you know, all of this stuff. And God's like, you know, I'm glad that you're saying that, God, that, that if I stay with you, that, you know, you're going to lead us into the promised land. But if you don't go, we're staying here. Because the desert is better with the presence of the Lord than the palace without the presence of the Lord. And that's what we need to realize in our life. Where God is, the presence of God in our life is better than anything the world can give us without the presence of the Lord. When we spend time with God, you know, we worship him. Our passion, our hunger, our desire for Jesus grows. The more time you spend for him, the more hungry you are for the things, the more your heart begins to align with what Jesus came and did. And you start to look at people that way and you start to to raise your children that way. You start to act. Your destiny begins to line up with your with your spouse, with your friends, with your family, your community, you begin to walk out that destiny every day of your life because you know the presence of the Lord is with you. So you're not going to act like you would, you know, without the presence of the Lord because it's always with you. You know, there's no shortcuts to get the anointing from God. You know, we can create an atmosphere that will invite his presence, but we can't just be like, well, it says it, so come on, God, just like let your anointing fall right now. We can't, we don't tell God what to do. We are not his employers. We don't direct him and be like, well, you know what? We're not spoiled little children. We are children of God, but we are not spoiled little children that you see when they go in the store, I want this, give this to me. I don't. If my kids ever did that, I used to have three children. you know what i mean like but sometimes we think that like god why don't you give this to me now oh you don't know how hard my life is god doesn't know how hard your life is he created oh this isn't gonna work really god made an eight-year-old woman have babies he took a kid kid from the pit to the palace you know moses he parted the red sea he healed so many people from different ailments, you know, he made a donkey speak, he made the blind see, but, you know, it's too hard for him now, right? But see, that presence, how we get in that presence, the Holy Spirit lives in us, but to get in the presence and anointing of God just to to fall on us, you need to spend time cultivating intimacy. The more intimate you are with, with people, the closer you have in the relationship. And, you know, like my husband, if I say I want something, he will make sure that happens because I have an intimate relationship. I say, I like this, I don't like this in my life, or I really want this. And, you know, I'm like, with him, I know. He wants ice cream all the time. So I just always know that because we've talked about that. So I always try to make sure I bring home ice cream. Little things, like we know each other. I know before, 
because we have that intimate relationship. Now, I might not, someone that I see once a month, I'm not going to have the intimate relationship. And if I walk in their bedroom, tell them something, they might be like, this is my bedroom, and I've never even let you in my house. I don't know how you got in here. Like, it's creepy, right? But my kids, they go anywhere because, you know, we have, we've built that intimacy in our family, you know? I came home last night, and all my kids and all the dogs are on our bed, and I said, well, they're like, your TV's better because it's in here where we can lay on the bed. And I'm like, oh, we have a huge living room, but whatever. But that's that intimacy. But the same with God. If we don't spend time in his presence, we can't, just, we can't expect to just walk right into the personal places. We need to spend time in his presence. And I'm going to read in Luke. Um, this is Mary. It's Mary's song. I'm not going to sing it. So Tell Matt I did, though. <laughs> That'll scare him. <laughs> Yeah, you'll probably be like, Jordan, get that to me right now. So I'm going to start in, this is Luke. Tell him that I rap now. He will love it. It's a gift for him. Tell him that Sarah left a gift for him. Because I know he loves it when I rap. (laughs) Those of you who don't know, I like to rap for Matt. He really likes it a lot. And he tells me, yes, another rap, Sarah. Or he rolls up the window or shuts the door. What, one or the other. You know. So I'm going to start in 45. And it says, blessed is he who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. So that's Mary saying that over, or Elizabeth saying that over Mary. And then Mary sings, and Mary says, my soul glorify, glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercies extend to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rules from their th- rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, for he just as he promised our ancestors. So she's, she's singing about the promise God had, had for her. She carried the promise God even gave to Abraham long ago. You know, Adam and Eve. There's going to be a woman. And she's, she's like, okay, I'm that woman. All right, Lord, let's go. All my promises are in you, in your presence. I'm pretty sure it looked hard to her when she started thinking about it, when she kind of stepped out of that presence and thought, this is hard. This seems impossible. I've never been with a guy, and I don't know how the Holy Spirit just good. I don't know what's going to happen. This seems kind of impossible. But you're going to do it, God. <clears throat> you know, and I look, and I, as a mom, I think, how can a mother know what she knew? And say, thank you, Lord, <clears throat> for choosing me. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me to have a child that I know is going to be 
go through excruciating pain. I don't know if I would be very thankful. Like if God gave me, you know, that, that had an illness, or would I be like, oh, thank you, Lord, you know? But she's saying, thank you, Lord, for choosing me to give me this child to go through and bring this promise, this greatest promise that has ever been given to humanity. That's a lot of weight for a teenager. That's a lot on the shoulders. That's a lot of weight. Really, what's in your heart? That's what God spoke to Mary. She did it. I'm thankful. Man, she brought forth the Savior of the world. That looks good on a resume. You know? <laughs> What's in your heart? What has God spoken over you that you're to bring forth? Right now it looks like something little or you're never going to get there. Or, God, how are you doing this? You, you gave me this word. You put this in my heart. And, you know, I'm thinking, this is impossible. I would need this, this, and this, and this. Everything to land perfectly in a short amount of time. Like, how is this going to happen? What is in your heart? What has been spoken over you? Have, when people have spoken the word of God over your life, have you held on to it and said, you know what? This is true. I'm going to hold on to this. Even though everything in my life right now looks opposite, I know this is truth. See, most of the time when everything starts looking opposite, we let it go. Well, God didn't do it for me. What is he bringing forth? You've got to fight for the destiny God has for you. Because if you don't, the devil definitely has a plan and a different destiny for you. Fight for the destiny God has for you. Don't just let life happen to you. Don't just be like, oh, this bad thing happened. Bad things are going to happen. We live in an imperfect world. God is perfect but we live in an imperfect world because he loves us so much he would never make our choices for us. So you, there's going to be bad things. You can't let that change the destiny God has for you. Don't let it be a setback. You know what? If you have to hold st- still and you're just pressing forward but you're not moving, at least you're not going backwards. That's what I look at. At least I'm not going backwards. I may be standing here for a really long time, you know? Then all of a sudden, boom, it opens up. There goes another door. There goes another door. There goes another door. When you're in the hallway, don't take time to set up camp there. Be like, I have a destiny, and I'm going to keep walking. And it's kind of like, you ever seen, it's kind of like Willy Wonka, the the hallway, and it's like, keeps going, you know, and then it's like a different door. It's like, okay, every time I take a step, it seems like the door is farther away, but I can still see the door. Seems like it's far, but you keep going. Don't step... Fight for your destiny. God has to. Don't settle for, well, Jesus loves me. This I know. I go to heaven when I die. See, I say, you know, I'm just, but I'm saying that's all people, sometimes that's all we want. We're like, I went to church on Sunday. Jesus loves me. Going to heaven. Good. That's all I want for my life. You know, the devil's got everything mixed up in my life. There's chaos and it's crazy and it's out of control. And my kids are, you know, wild and unruly. And I'm sick, but you know, it's okay because Jesus loves me. I'm going to heaven. Yes, he does. But you know, no, he said heaven to earth. He wants you to have all those blessings and promises. He gave you 5,467 promises for a reason. 
for a reason. Not so we can just be like, great, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven. He's like, yes, you are, and on your way there, you, you're, you're what I sent. You're who I sent for these people, for this time, this community, and your job. He said, your destiny is wrapped up in your time from when you call Jesus Lord to the time you come to heaven, and I'm able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That is what heaven on earth. Go grab your promises. Don't let go. Don't, when it looks hard, you know, grab them, stay and say, okay, this looks like this time frame doesn't make sense to me. You know, some of the things I've seen, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how you're going to do this. But God, you promised me this. I'm going to stay in his presence. Get in his presence. Because it gets a lot easier to see what he's doing when you're in his presence. When you're, when you're in worry and doubt, it looks hard. You're setting more, you know, piling stuff in front of you. Get in his presence. Spend time with him. Worship him and say, God, you did it for them. You do it for me. He's not a receptive. How do you say that word? Did I say receptor of people? You know, respect. Respecter. He, you guys know what I'm saying. Sometimes my mouth, get, my head goes before my, and I kind of remember what I'm trying to say. So, if he did it, you know, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, you know, for your grandparents' generation, for your parents' generation, then he'll do it for you too. But, you know, sometimes we've got to go through and, and go through and say, okay, this looks crazy, but God, you're doing it for me. You are doing it for me. When I tell people the story of my children, people look at me like, what in the world, you know? And I think that's what God does. There's certain, certain testimonies you get that just encourage because it's like, wow, that's not like somebody over in another country that this happened. This is right here. There's someone I know. There's one sitting. This miracle's sitting next to me, you know? Got a miracle sitting next to you, Paulette. Woo-hoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, man, but if I didn't hold on to that promises and I started listening to what the doctors said, I wouldn't have any children. Me and Matt actually would have no children if we listened to the wisdom of the doctors. But I said, uh-uh, Amen. don't tell me because God promised me. Don't think you're taking my promise. Don't step there. Don't tread there. Don't go near it. That's my promise. And you may make it look like sickness. You may make it look like death. You may tell me that I can't, you know, give birth to this baby. And I am. That's my promise. That's right. They got one. There's, so you, there's a miracle sitting in the back. Don't tell me that because I'm taking that promise and I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what your tests say. I don't care what the ultrasounds say. I don't care what the doctors say. And I definitely don't care what the nurse practitioners say. <laughs> All of you laughing probably know what I said to that person. <laughs> I may have said Satan, get behind me. Hey, in my, my defense, I was very weighted down <laughs> You know, but, you know, I stood and said, don't you tell me that you're going to do that to my child. Because God told me they're coming forth and they're not going to be, you know, severely handicapped. They're not going to have, no, 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 no. That's my promise. I'm going to get it. And I don't care if it's hard. I was sick the entire time during that. And I'm like, I'm sick here. Everyone's looking at me like, oh, she must have sinned. Look how sick she is. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. But on the other side, God's like, keep going. And everyone's like, oh, look at her. She just looks, ugh. I, I did look scary. <laughs> like my friends after I had the baby, they're like, 
I didn't want to tell you, but when you were pregnant, you looked like death. I was like, thanks. I'm glad you didn't tell. But I was like, no, go for those promises. Man, say, I'm going to stay in your presence. I'm going to go for the promises, God, because you put them in there. Yes and amen for me. Let's pray.